Welcome, fellow travelers and adventurers. My name is Diggity DJ Nettie P. Just call me Ted. Who's this? Hey, hey, Ned. I'm I'm Ted. Oh gosh, it's, I must have uh, kept Russell in my basement too long and got a new podcast partner over here. I, I ate all the peaches, and the farmer got was so angry. <laughs> Millions, millions of peaches, peaches for me. So many peaches. Uh, so, so essentially, we. Uh, That's the end of my story. Russell got the computer out of his belly, and now he's wearing a translator. Yeah, yeah, I'm wearing a translator. <laughs> <laughs> it can only go so far, and even then, it was so much better when I was practicing it at home. I, I promise. I and bet- the car, the shower, it was great. I bet that was exhausting if you had to do that for about 50 minutes. It's, it's pretty tough, but I, I figure it out. So if you guys don't know by now, we are talking about episode nine of season one. My two favorite people. Two favorite people. Can you guess who they are? Who are your two favorite people? Oh, man. My wife and my baby Jesus. Oh, yeah. I thought you were going to say your dog because it goes along with the show. But baby Jesus is a fantastic answer. If you're talking about live things, then yes, probably my wife and my dog. Yeah. And also like baby Jesus, like like not Leonard Skinner concert Jesus, but like like sweet baby in a manger Jesus. Sweet baby, 10 pound, pound. four ounce baby Jesus. All right. We got to be careful there. Uh, We might not. I don't know. Yeah, welcome to Never Ending Adventure. This is, again, a podcast about adventure time and just about adjourning with our y'all, yeah. wh- whatever y'all are called. I still don't know. Yeah, we're going to come up with a name for you guys. And and I don't know, after this many episodes, you guys are probably going to hate it and we're going to get some awful feedback for it. So It's my favorite running joke of this podcast is that there's no name for our audience. Every time you mention it, you're just like, and you guys who are not named the audience. Just yet. Uh, yeah, it's, it was a good episode, Ned. I, I actually enjoyed this one. Um, yeah, kind of casual episode. Yeah, you'll see that there it, it fluctuates in between some like casual episodes. They aren't really adventuring. They're just like kind of living their lives. And I, I think that that's such a breath of fresh air. We don't need bad guys. We don't need huge life-threatening situations every episode, you know? We almost had bad guys. It, it felt like the pussycat and whatever the shark monster was called. So that's Science Cat. Science Cat. And I did Google, shark doesn't appear in another episode, but his name is just Shark, apparently. Are they like the Team Rocket of the show? Because apparently they show up every day at 4 p.m. and Ben goes and cuts their head off. And then they show up again the next day. I love it. Well, it's just like, it's awesome because again, if, if you know the Candy Kingdom's not on fire, the world's not falling apart, Ben can still get out there and swing sword, practice adventuring, and I think it's phenomenal. And it sounds like it's just a fun time for all parties involved. He was using the the like gold sword with the red ruby again. He yeah. needs to get a new sword. That thing was looking so rough this episode. Yeah, it was dinked up in like three different places. I did notice that. And it wasn't in the other episode, was it? I don't think it was. I mean, I guess that's the show's progression. He's been actually out there grinding every day at 4 p.m. Yeah. And, and- where's Jake been? And, you know, Jake has been that. Well, he did say that they practice, uh, he practices viola with Lady Rainicorn every day of, or every Tuesday at four, was it? I think it was every day at four. Every, I think he's pretty dedicated outside of Tree Trunks endeavors. Jake seems to be pretty on top of that relationship yeah. with Lady Rainicorn. Yeah. And that's, and we're going to open up a, another can of worms later with him 
and Lady Rainicorn's relationships. Because I have, I actually do, not in this episode, but I do have a lot of problems with it. It, it presents and opens up a lot of flaws in Jake. And even in this episode, kind of, kind of my learning and talking about this episode, I feel like every time we do analyze any bit of Jake and Lady's relationship, it opens up this episode for either Jake learning something or us figuring out a new flaw in him. That's interesting. Jake, this was also like the first episode from his perspective in a sense, or the first like Jake-centered episode. And he, I mean, to what you're saying, like there wasn't anything that stood out to me as like, oh man, Jake is really messing up right here. There wasn't anything that seemed very obvious like he's being a bad boyfriend. He just gets jealous of what he perceives as the relationship between Finn and Lady Rainicorn, which is what he wanted the entire time, in a sense. Yeah, I mean, it was essentially he got what he wanted. He didn't like it. But I love that we, um, in the Ricardio episode, if you haven't tuned into the Ricardio episode, jump back, watch it, listen to our podcast. But we talk about one of Finn's kind of character flaws slash developments was him being jealous of Ricardio when Ricardio was hanging out with Princess Bubblegum so much. And... Jay kind of like gives him the third degree and was like, you're being jealous. And now we flip-flop and we see Jake being jealous. It's only natural. We got to learn a little bit about both of our characters, but I'm assuming Jake is also equally pretty young at this point as a dog. Well, you got to think about human and dog years. So essentially- Does I that think apply? It, I don't know. It's not really directly addressed, but the fact that Jake already has a girlfriend, he's always given relationship advice to Finn. He gives birth later in the show. Jake gives birth? He himself gives birth? Or wait. So he's part seahorse. Uh, or he also has kids. Cool. Later in the show. With Lady Rannicorn, I'm assuming. We might as well just drop spoiler the drop. spoiler drop. Spoiler drop. Yeah. That's cool. I like I like their relationship. I hope, you know, there's no animosity toward anything that Jake's done earlier in this first season or whatever. I, I guess in the eyes of the character, she's an old lady. It wasn't like it was uh, uh, oddly interrelational cheating, whatever, you know, like. Yeah. Yeah. So they kind of blew it off and just kept going on with their lives. And we're just kind of in another... Fun little clip adventure first season episode that doesn't continue on anything. No real arc here. Well, there's an arc of introducing Lady Rainicorn and and how she kind of applies uh, that they're they're hanging out a lot. That's Jake's girlfriend, but he does still live with Finn. And kind of primarily, they're mostly off on adventures if he's got small dedicated windows for Lady Rainicorn. Which is interesting. You know, they're early on in this relationship we're assuming we don't know how long they've been dating for or how old they are, as you were saying, but as relationships mature, so does the amount of time commitment. So does your freedom, what you're able to do, the friendship with your friends that can dwindle in a lot of ways. I've forever go read some sort of a study where you are only capable and I'm going to totally misquote this because this was forever ago. You're only capable of holding, it's like eight or nine, maybe seven like close, real relationships yeah, in your I life think, at a time. I think I heard that same quote, and I think it was even less that like you can only hold a certain amount of like intense time committed relationships at one time. And I, th I thought it was like four. 
It may as well, it might be. It seems like whenever I start dating someone or, or someone around me starts dating someone, you can see the people that, you know, you kind of pick and choose like who doesn't get replaced, but certainly uh, takes a backseat to the new important person in their life. And in this episode, Jake really doesn't want that to happen to Finn. And he doesn't want to neglect his relationship with Lady Rainicorn. So he tries to com like combine the time that they're hanging per the advice of a lovely little worm that just happens to be my lovely of the episode. Let's drop some lovelies in here because it was mine too. Give, give, give me some sugar, baby. Was it really? Shelby. It's Shelby. Shelby. She's so, I don't know, just pleasant. And I kind of like, not empty headed, but doesn't really read. She reads his emotions so great at first. And she's like, why do you look so down in the dumps? And he doesn't respond. And just Shelby's just like, no response. Huh? I guess you're good. <laughs> she just kind of, you know, whatever. Shelby's awesome, man. I feel like Shelby, we, we see it kind of randomly and Shelby pops out of Jake's viola. But to give you some, some context, Shelby is considered the worm that lives in Jake's viola. So Shelby's house is, it's inside Jake's viola, which I think is awesome. Um, and you scared me there. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but I thought you were saying like, like a ringworm type thing. It's not, it's just friend in the viola. Yeah, viola. Okay. just friend that lives in the viola. Way more pleasant. I'm sorry. I just took the lovely segment and made it kind of gross. Creepy. Way better. Viola, Shelby. Yes, and Shelby's awesome. And and there is something so almost like calming. I I don't know if they take the voice and they filter it in this show and they... Or if somebody out there actually talks like I'm not even gonna impersonate it, but if they talk like Shelby, that's that's I think amazing. we would be amazed. We, yeah. I think we really would be amazed with the the level of talent that people that actually know what they're doing voice acting. Not that we've done any voice acting on this on this show yet, but I'm sure there is uh, some fans out there that wish we would stop this dream that we have. Just not coming true, Dad. <laughs> that we actually can do voice as well. It's uh, it's gonna be a a dead dream after we go back and we continue to listen to the playback on this podcast and be like, wow, we sound like a trash pit. It's my second favorite second favorite running joke of this podcast that we're terrible at voice acting. We're and terrible we at voice it. acting, man. But we, so you're you're lovely of the episode, Shelby. Um, we were talking about you know at the beginning when Jake is basically trying to decide how in the world to balance the time. He's super upset when he leaves and goes to Lady's house and she's like, I got to go to bed right when you show up because you came so late. And I mean, dude, it just hits a personal like heartstring with me with so much of high school relationships, college relationships. And it's, it's this FOMO mentality whenever there is a dating relationship and friends that you have, and you always feel like you are missing out on either side of the coin. And you almost always are to some capacity. I think it's a little bit of that. It definitely rings so highly with the high school thing. Like I, I just kept imagining whether it was my own or my friends, and usually my friends getting into a relationship because I was super cool in high school and didn't date people really. And they, they would, you know, blow you off or whatever. And in high school, I mean, it's the thing that Finn was doing. You're just like, well, man, like, what the heck? What about the bros? Come hang, you know, hang out with the bros or whatever. But at the time, you don't realize, like, 
or maybe you're just selfish and you just don't want it to be that way, but you don't want to lose that friend. It is, it is a desire to hang out with that person. You mean it in the way of, it was spend time with me, but it comes off as, you know, like it's kind of inconsiderate in a sense. You've got to let that relationship do what it's going to do and see if it will grow uh, the way that relationships need to to blossom. Exactly. And it's so much about a perspective thing. I know we've talked about perspective a lot on this show and that, you know, Finn doesn't understand that Jake is trying to hold a relationship and he should kind of respect and not go boo to the times when uh, Jake's goes, I'm going to go spend time with lady. But I've experienced that too. When you say, Hey, there's a person I care about. I want to go spend time with them. And then your friends turn around and go, I uh, guess you're uh, not hanging out with the boys anymore. Guess you're not like you're going to go uh, leave us and go hang out with her. And and there's a guilt factor, but you, it, I think it, it's such a good perspective gaining thing because when those friends get into relationships, which probably inevitably they but will. They're going to do the same thing. And then, but you are going to grow as a person and be like, I remember how much I hurt and how much you gave me FOMO and how much it really did get under my skin and then when somebody else goes, hey, I got to go hang out with my girlfriend tonight, you'd be like, yeah, that's awesome. Like, go develop this relationship. This is good for you. You're growing as a person, you know? And and Jake, I think, ends up doing that with Finn later down the road. Is Jake, when, when Finn starts getting girl obsessed, spending a lot of time with the fire princess down the road, Jake's so supportive, man. And so this is probably a, a really big kind of arc of, Jake's support of Finn and his relationships. Yeah, those Finn friends, as we mentioned in a previous episode, I think they'll be there no matter what. You know, even even if this is a moment in your your friendship with them where you're tuning out for a minute, like the ones that are still there, they will still be there when you're in this relationship. And it is on you, I will say it is on you when you're in the relationship to be a little intentional, like to be intentional with yourself, with your partner and say like, I do need to spend time with these people, you know, like, or this person or whatever, you know? Yeah, and say I'm sacrificing adventure time and, it, and you know, fighting science cats to go spend time with you. And it's intentional. And, it, you know, that's how this it's, you know, time spent is a love language for a reason, you know? So what's going through Jake's mind, though, as they're going through this, as Ben and Lady Raina Corner are starting to hang out a ton, and they do all these cool adventures together. The social barrier, the language barrier drops. And we're kind of hopping just a little bit, but we'll come back to oh, yeah, what yeah. happens this, in the episode. This is going to be, if you guys haven't picked up on, on how we record these podcasts, uh, we don't want to just read through the episode and say what happened. We want to digest things. And I've got about a thousand thoughts spinning around in my head right now. And then we want to share all that. So, so watch the episode before this because you're not getting a recap here. No, not at all. So the fight at Salazan Lake happens, and what we see is the bonding begins. You know, now Finn and Jake, or sorry, Finn and Lady Rainicorn can start to understand themselves, and they choose a lovely old man voice as the the way that she's translated over to English or whatever the common language of the people is in in Ooh, and. Then we go and they they get rings. They play some video games together. They go to a cloud party. And at the end of the episode, they're on top of the rooftop, like full circle to where like same, Jake, same position that Jake and- Jake and Lady were there at yeah. the beginning of the episode and they kind of end the episode. So you, we can see why Jake's jealous. He gets very jealous the entire time. Is this episode showing Jake as a dog? 
Are we seeing him actually be like, this is what happens when our dogs see us get in the relationships and they get jealous of us hanging out with this other person, but dogs just love both people. I don't know. I was just like, maybe this is like a metaphor for our puppies. It could be territorial, but I think we we move past like just a, a dogism, and we do see that like Jake is jealous. And I feel like it's a trope we see in movies so often of like, my girlfriend's going off or my best friend is going hanging off with another girl and or my girlfriend is hanging out with a guy. Does she love me anymore? And so we just see that's, this is an emotion that Jake's never experienced before. And I love like the juxtaposition here of when Finn got jealous earlier, he went in super spy mode, super creep. I'm going to watch her. I'm going to punch Ricardio in the face. And Jake goes into the super immature mode of I'm going to make you jealous back. Tiffany. Tiffany. We get Tiffany. Tiffany is maybe what was, we were having our segment called most punchable character. Is he your most punchable character of Easily the most, most punchable character. I don't, I don't dislike Tiffany, but I, you know, something. Is it the chin hair? Is it the. Maybe it's the crustache, I think. He feels very grunge to me. Yeah, but the voice isn't grunge. That's true. So it kind of just, it gives you all like those like flip-flop emotions. Yeah, he flips around. He's like, stop making Lady Rainicorn jealous. He's like, I'm not just making Lady Rainicorn jealous. I'm making you jealous. Yeah. It's a boy. <laughs> I know. It's And Tiffany comes up maybe two or three other times in the show. I'm kind of happy about that. I thought Tiffany was a silly addition just like I like the idea of a character that really wants nothing more but to be Jake's best friend. Yeah, and you you start to realize that as we learn more about Tiffany, we learn that Jake obviously has got a lot of other friends. He rolls through his phone, and here we go for yeah. the audience. Here, the contacts named in Jake's phone are Doug, Todd, Jerry, Dennis, Reggie, Peter, George, Larry, Luke, David, Benton, Mike R, Mike H, Mike A, Gareth, Jennings, Mr. International, Mr. Outrageous, Captain Majesty, the Flying Lettuce Brothers, Pete the Punk, and then finally Tiffany. This is a this is a dog that loves the bros. He wants nothing more than just hang out, chill with some some good old bro time. Mm-hmm. That's and, what it seems. And you kind of realize maybe when Finn was kind of in the baby age and Jake was in the the dog teenage years, you know, that uh, some a lot of these characters come up again. Like Tiffany is part of Jake's past. Uh, I'm not going to do too many spoilers, but I think it was Gareth and the Lettuce Brothers were part of like this. Uh, they kind of ran with Tiffany and Jake too. And this like they squatted up real good. Jake has an episode where he goes to a Card Wars tournament and half of the people in this list are in that episode. So I love they keep it like they reference this one back and that's got to be like season seven, man. Is he runaway dog? Is that what we're getting? No, he, we're not getting to the point where he's a runaway dog. I'm, okay. I'm, I've, I've given some spoiler drops here, but like I'm not going to spoil that one for you. Cool. So he's not. Yeah, we don't need to. I'm sure there's something there with Finn's parents going away and Jake and they're coming in as his baby caretaker or something, you know? Yeah. I, just hope, I hope uh, Pr- Princess Bubblegum is not involved in that because that just adds an extra layer of creepy to whatever that thing is that they have. Yeah, we can we can consider that Russell's theoretically speaking of the day. We could, but there might be one later on. 
another one later on, double theoreticals. Well, real, this is just me like top of the top of the hat, top of that's not a thing. Off the, my dome, just saying what comes to Off mind. The dome. There's an actual theoretically speaking that I had planned for a little bit later on. We'll do another one. But I think we should take a moment and just see what our sponsors have for us. Yeah, that sounds like a good idea. Oh boy, I get to read the ad today. Today's advertisement comes from the bubble gum. Bubble gum. No, wait. Sorry, I got shrimp on my mind. Bubble gum Lab Co. It looks like they're trying to sell some translating devices for understanding what your significant other is truly meaning. Now, why would anyone want that? Welcome back, everybody. We're back. We're back. I'm glad that old man's gone again. Yeah, finally get out of here, old man. That or it is a rainicorn with a translator on, and we we need more of that. It's not me. I'm not doing that. It's voice. definitely not Russell. It's it's somebody. It's a rainicorn that we have here in the studio, live with us right now. Yeah, I know. And Ted is yeah. his name. I did want to take a second because we we glazed over the fact. I remember in one of the first episodes we mentioned that Lady Rainicorn speaks Korean, but we never realized that that was like a huge barricade and we we notice it now that like nobody actually understands her it's not like a family guy universe where sometimes brian can understand stewie and sometimes other people can it's like a true language barrier did you try to put on your uh closed caption i subtitles i, I did have closed caption on and it just says speaks korean. in korean yeah I tried yeah. to. I really wanted to know what she was saying, especially when they were doing the little back and forth jokes. Well, one factoid. I have that quote here today. A Nettie's factoid. Nettie's factoid is when she, when Finn asked Lady to, hey, do you have a joke for me? She says a long phrase in Korean. And we're like, wow, this is like significantly long. And it doesn't, you know, like I said, closed caption for us. So you've done essentially what I wanted to know during the episode. You've looked it up. Exactly. So what she says is she says, when when she's asked for a joke, I can't think of one, but remember that time we ran through the farmer's orchard naked, we ate all the apples and the farmer was so angry. Oh, but wasn't she talking about, as an old man, she's talking about peaches, not apples. And that's why I don't have the direct quote, but essentially when she puts the translator on, that translates, she was saying... And that's, oh, and I ate all the peaches too. Oh, okay. Cool. So, so that's kind of, it, it like leads in and she's actually finishing her, the her story statement, from earlier, her yeah. statement from earlier. But, but I was like, first of all, both of them are already naked. Second of all, I love how they snuck in an adult joke just in Korean. Because why not? Because why not? So I, that was my fun factor of the show. I couldn't get away today without having to talk about I'm Lady really glad you looked that up. Korean. And, and yeah. then I had some emotions about actually how that leads into the whole episode too. Um, because essentially Jake is the only one that understands her. And that kind of makes me feel like sometimes with relationships too, we feel like we're the only ones that understand our significant other. Yeah, the social barrier, especially around your own friend group or a friend group or your family or something, you want them to come in and it to be fluid, but nothing, no friendship can ever be fluid right away or very few are. Mm -hmm. and, and first of all, that was a language barrier, but when she gets the translator, it's kind of like maybe a 
uh, you know, a mirror image of kind of, of, of what it looks like in life when you guys can relate on one thing. Like if, if you were to be friends with Jackie and you guys relate on something that, that you didn't understand each other before about, it makes you kind of become better friends and you can kind of get over that hump of you're just my friend's wife or you're just my friend's girlfriend and you start developing your own relationship when you kind of get that that commonality, you know? Ben and Rainicorn certainly look for those things. You can tell they're both trying. They're both like, at the end of the episode, Lady Rainicorn confronts Jake and, and basically says like, I only tried to get close to Finn because you really wanted me to. That was the whole point of any of this, remember? And it's true with someone else's significant other or someone who's new to the group, you you do look for those those little um, I don't know, little things that y'all have in common or, or things that y'all both happen to love. And the whole conversation for the first two or three times y'all hang out might be about that. And so you have shared experiences until you get to know each other a little bit more and then you pick up on other things that y'all might have in common. It's, yeah. it's just a part of building relationships. Yeah. And I think, well, the first one was the voice. I wanted to mention that, you know, that was the commonality. And the second one was the adventuring. When as soon as they, they crossed the voice barrier, they're like, what do we do next? And when we learned that Rainicorn can basically go on adventures in the opposite of tree trunks, like she is a primetime adventurer. But Finn is just as nervous about it as he was with tree trunks at first. He goes, well, is she going to be able to handle herself on an adventure. It's when they're going to get the translator at the bottom of the lake guarded by the the late nights. Oh, you are right. So that is the first so commonality. It's, it's their first time they go. She basically saves Finn from a swarm of them. You see Jake fighting off one at the top and Lady Rainicorn goes down there and just spins like crazy and knocks all of them off in a pretty cool, she's got a cool fighting style. Yeah, like, she does. Great dancing cool underwater. Yeah, like when she goes down the last like final move, I think is she does like a full like tornado spin and it just like obliterates all these like water. What, what are they? Probably water sprites? Water knights. Water knights, water sprites. Yeah, I'm not sure. They're, I thought they had a name, but I couldn't find a name. But they, what's cool about this scene is it's silent. It's completely silent other than an orchestra. It it harks back to the silent films of the the 20s, the 10s. The, the ooze of the 1900s, you know, I mean, it's weird to say that now because we've already had the, the ooze and the tens of um, the 20s or the, two, <laughs> the 2000s. But yeah, from when we were a kid, you know, that's what you look back to, the silent films, all that stuff. That's where a lot of Hollywood began and all that. And there was a episode that I was thinking of immediately as soon as they went down there of another cartoon, I believe on Cartoon Network, Codenames Codename Kid Next Door, which we've mentioned before on this podcast. Yeah. There's an episode in the first season called The Fly, and it's simply no words the entire episode. It's from the fly's perspective. He flies around, and each one of the five Codename Kids Next Door have, like, their own adventure with him. Like, one of them hates flies and is grossed out by it. Another one wants to play with it and has a tea party with the fly, whatever. Then at the end, we find it's a it's a spy for the delightful children from down the lane. Our camera, like they're zooming in and watching uh, and, and exploring their fort, essentially. But it just reminded me of that a lot. And I, I love, I don't know if it's like the creators of Adventure Time kind of doing like a nod to another show on Cartoon Network. Like, oh, we loved it when they did that. So we're going to do that as well. But maybe not for a whole episode. 
but I just thought it was really cool. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I I would give it credit that one, it's either, you know, like nods to other shows or two, it's really fun for people just doing cartoons and, you know, maybe they're really passionate about it, but they get to flex their movie knowledge. They get to flex their artistic ability and say, I am a really cultured and experienced person in the world of film. And so they get to kind of explore nod to things. Yeah, yeah. Ex- explore the medium and not feel like animation and then I think that's, again, we're talking about the whole Adventure Time show. And that's a cool thing is I think we do see multiple mediums. We see multiple shows come up down later seasons where they change the animation for the show. And it just was like the animators were probably like, we just want to flex another muscle. We want to show another talent. We we think the Adventure Time universe is not going to be confined to such strict rules that we have to, you know, always have action music and and clangs of swords that they can do a cool silent movie in a darkened blue color, you know, style style shot, you know? Yeah, I mean, thinking about exploring mediums, it, it makes me, you know, you've been trying to get me to watch the show for forever. It makes me, like, remember part of why I love anime is because that is a medium that is constantly exploring all that they can within animation. And, and part of the reason why I love animation just in general is that it's just anything you can come up with, anything you can think, anything you can put into your story, you can do just by drawing it. And there's obviously fight scenes, like very fluid motion, all that stuff costs a lot more money, and that's why you see very stagnant images in other scenes in animation. But I just I just love that about animation. And it, it does make me excited that we see Pendleton Ward and, and the guys of Adventure Time willing to take those chances uh, so early on in their own show. Yeah, yeah. You, usually I feel like they could have just done riskier stuff later on when they know they had the base down. But the fact that we're only nine episodes through this show and we've already had, one, so much to talk about, which is incredible. And two, we've we've talked about the animation, the voice acting, the risks they've taken, the how this stands apart from a different cartoon show, you know? yeah. So they they take on the lake adventure. They rescue the or not rescue. They get the, the they translating get the device, voice translator. Yeah, and she starts speaking like an old man. And then they start flying on Lady Rainicorn, and that brought up a very interesting question in my mind: of what is she made of that makes her able to fly, able to be a rainbow? There's so much there, and I want to introduce what is my segment of theoretically speaking right here. Theoretically speaking. So Lady Rainicorn's body, she is able to fly. She explains it to Finn as she's in intercepting light beams that are bouncing off of the earth and she's dancing on them, which is an interesting way of putting that she's kind of manipulating light in a sense. I'm curious, I'm just kind of ranting in this version of theoretically speaking, is her body made out of light? Is it a prism? Is she like her skin or whatever creates a prism, which causes the rainbows inside of her, but she's able to manipulate the light, which almost makes me wonder, is she able to convert light into a physical property or is she light herself at very high energies just from watching some videos on YouTube and doing a little bit of legit research, but also just hardly... There are ways 
in theory, that we could take light particles and bounce them off of each other. Or it's also possible to have uh, photons move together through super cold rubidium atoms, I believe. And they would behave like a singular molecule. Yeah. So in theory, if you had millions and billions of them, you could turn light into some sort of a solid, like a a touchable solid. Yeah. Yeah. When... That, I mean, that's that's awesome. Is her like body light? Is her body light or is it some sort of essence of a property of light changing? I think that's a cool concept because like I'll bring some some cool factoids. When we start learning more about the Rainicorn people later down the road, a lot of their culture, a lot of their world is revolved around crystals. Mm-hmm. And I think crystals have a lot to do, you know, with like, refracting light, changing it if into rainbows, essentially very Pink Floyd-esque goes through the triangle. But that's, I mean, I, I know that they continue on this whole idea that kind of the physical properties of the Rainicorn world are all kind of based on light and, you know, physics and properties like you're talking about. They, they keep that theme going. So the payoff for this, theoretically speaking, is very weak. But kind of what you're talking about, really what I was trying to find a bridge to was an elegant weapon for a more more civilized time. Her body's not a lightsaber, but but like if she can manipulate light, does that mean like we can have lightsabers in this world? I know there's an image of their like dungeon at one point or their weapons gallery and it has like a lightsaber on the wall. But I just, it makes me think maybe we got some lightsabers coming up. Yeah, I, I, I can't actually pinpoint if there are or aren't, but didn't the little water sprites look like they were carrying little lightsabers? It was some sort of an electric blade for sure, yeah. which does get into my, theoretically speaking, is completely blown blown up if your thoughts on lightsabers are that they're made out of plasma and plasma waves and the manipulation of magnetic fields and whatnot. That kind of makes what I just said completely irrelevant, but I was trying not to get there. Well, it's not irrelevant for me because it's uh, very much above my pay grade, so I enjoyed that thoroughly. Awesome. Well, that was uh, theoretically speaking, and I'm glad we went there. I'm glad we went there too, man. Well, on a serious note, we I want to end kind of talking about... Uh, we talked a lot about the jealousy and the FOMO of relationships and everything like that. Um, but I I wanted to see what you kind of thought in terms of like jealousy. We talked about high school relationships and the FOMO aspect of it. But the jealousy portion, I thought was it, very thought provoking, I would say, because essentially Jake did get what he want. He wanted, you know, uh, he wanted his buddy and his girl to be friends. But I've, I've been a little bit there before when you're early on in a relationship and, you know, you're, you're bringing your girlfriend over to your house and your roommates are hanging out with them and they're hanging out with your friends and they start like laughing and giggling with your friends a little bit. You get a little heated and you're like, no, that's, that's my special time. That's, that's my, like, I, these are my friends. These are my friends. And, and kind of more like, I don't, you get a fear that your girlfriend's going to like your friends more than you do. And it's such a thought provoking, like how self-confident are you in yourself that you think that your girlfriend would just leave you for your friends, you know? 
Yeah, you might be. I'm not sure what the question was there, but I feel like you might be. Are you speaking from personal experience? Is this something that you have experienced specifically with a significant other from your high school days? I would say, I mean, it was, yeah, like from high school days, I saw more jealousy, even when it was with like hanging out with friends or spending time with other people, even if I was or wasn't friends with them. And then I realized as I matured, that slowly chipped away and chipped away and chipped away. And I don't know if it was self-confidence or just like pure like confidence in my love with that person that the jealousy chips away. And I think that it's a cool thing to look at this episode and say, Jake is getting over this instance of jealousy. Um, He's developing. We've only talked about Finn's development in the show, you know? I almost feel like you're getting at how easy it is to project thoughts onto other people or project your feelings onto someone else. Yeah. You know, it's it's the jealousy that isn't truly present in their minds and and Finn and Lady Rainicorn's minds. They are just having a good time and trying to bond and trying to find those things that they have in common. But Jake almost entirely forgets about why he wanted them to get together in the first place so that they could spend... Well, you know, Shelby tried to convince them, let them spend time together and then y'all can all be friends as one. I think there is certainly, as long as there's a separation there, right? I think you don't want, I don't, and I'm speaking kind of out of my butt here. You almost don't want your significant other to just 100% just be a buddy in the friend group and y'all all of a sudden are only hanging out with those friends and all that. And in high school, I could see that as being very much a reality because you, for a limited time, had to ask your parents to go on, like drive you on the date. Yeah. And your parents had to be there. And it was a lot easier to just go, yeah, let's meet up with our friends. And you're like dating as y'all are hanging out with friends. And so I could I could see, not from my personal experience, because honestly, I just didn't date a ton in high school, but I could see how that would be something that someone would come, that, that would be where you would come to at the end of um, the day or whatever after hanging out with your friends and your girlfriend a lot. Yeah, yeah. Where, where if you don't create the intentional time. And I, and I thought that that was kind of leaning, you know, up to my, my main point that there's a delicate balance with all relationships. And honestly, you know, it's, it's the friend group aspect. The, uh, we have a little, uh, for, the, for the listeners out there, we all have a, Thing we did pre-lockdown uh, and you can't hang out with all your friends anymore called TNDC. It TNDC, baby. Tuesday night drinking club. And it was just just friends getting together on a Tuesday night, potluck style sometimes. Sometimes we'd go out to a restaurant or something. But the name was great though. I will say I love the very first time we hung out. The name lived up to uh, the name. but The expectations. But every other time we hung out, there was always no drinking at yeah. all. Yeah, I, but in that, and that's why it just be kind of came friend hang. But, so but hang. if we did that every day, if, if it was, we we never had a time to hang out as bros, one-on-one. And if I only spent time with my wife when I was around other people, there's just a lack of that emotional connection. There's a lack of the depth of growing. And so I think it's actually kind of cool that, that even Finn and Lady got to go spend kind of some time on their own because that, I feel like that's where even friendships, even relationships grow. Um, the one-on-one time. But we need to also, on the flip side, yeah, yeah, I'm, but that's exactly what I'm saying is that the one-on-one yeah. time is so important for all friendships. Um, 
and should be cherished and, sh- and shouldn't be, we shouldn't feel like we have FOMO when we're hanging out one-on-one with a person, you know? I think you should be intentional about it. Honestly, I mean, I personally love the one-on-one hang or whatever, almost prefer it over hanging out with groups of friends. You need to mix it up or whatever, but but certainly it allows you to open up with that other person. It allows you to grow. It's the iron sharpening ironing. It's the it's the next level or taking that friendship and really testing it. Can you sit next to this person, whether it's a friend or a significant other alone and talk and have no distractions for an hour, two hours? I mean, especially when you're dating someone, you will have multiple dinners where it's just you two and you got to have a conversation about something or else yeah. y'all are just sitting there and what are you doing, you know? Yeah, or else you just have a boring relationships really with everybody. Yeah, and I don't think anyone aspires aspires for that. And relationships are hard and, and you go through those those peaks and those valleys, but but the one-on-one time is very important. Yeah, absolutely. My my last question for you in a, in a hypothetical uh, posed question way and on a fun note is if we were hanging out who who would you punch in the face of our friend group? If no no no, if oh they gosh, were, please don't. If if I was like, hey, I'm calling up Tiffany, and then you were like, no, I'm gonna punch you in the face. You get away from my friend. So we're hanging out. It's yeah. me and you. Yeah, and I got to punch somebody. Yeah, and you're like, and it's, you you can't figure us, that out. It's us hanging out. Yeah, so and I'm punching like, you, Ned. I'm okay. not punching myself. It's just us. No, and that's I'm saying a, a third party comes up. I'm trying oh, to invite. Oh, we get to invite. A I'm trying third to invite party. a third party in, and you're like, "This is our friend time," and because they have Finn just rage faces on Tiffany at the end for trying to hang out with Jake. Man, that is. I've never punched so. I I am so non-confrontational that <laughs> just the idea of that bothers me so much. Yeah, the idea so of punching fake, someone. Yeah, I don't want to punch anybody. I, I mean, a fake character I'm sure I could come up with. I mean, obviously, Ricardio, but someone that I would actually want to punch in the face. We don't have to name anybody. I just thought that was a great question. I love of it. Like, yeah. you know, smash mouth. <laughs> smash mouth. <laughs> I want to smash their mouth. I want to smash yeah, it's their in mouth. The name. I mean, I want to be an all star. Uh, and smash their mouth while I'm walking on the sun. Yeah, just like it's so somebody's so lame that if I tried to replace you with them, you would have to punch oh, them man. in the face. Or the bare naked ladies. I like actually really love uh, one week and then um, yeah, we I, yeah I pissed off Michael this episode. Yay! It's been done. It's been done. My third favorite running joke of the podcast: pissing off the engineer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's gonna make you sound like crap this episode. I never sound like crap, Ned. You fool. Man, I love it. I love it. Well, do you have any other fun facts about this episode? I feel like we got, man, I, even more good talks, life lessons, some the conversations that we always have. I thought we got some great stuff out of this one. We got it. I just, I really love the rings. We talked about this during the advertisement as the old man was babbling about Bubba Gump shrimp or something like that. I... I really love the rings. I wish they would dive more into that. I feel like we see, especially like in Tolkien, and there are many other fantasy like novels and, and movies and whatnot where, where a ring plays such an important role in whatever it is. And those rings were so cool. They each had a little individual power, but then for some reason when they used them all together, they turned into this really like awesome blue flame. And then I just love the casual like, oh, I guess they're cursed. I guess they're cursed. And it was next scene. Yeah, next scene, the rings are off. I know it's like missed opportunity. I felt like we could have we could have 
gone on a whole different tangent next episode on Finn and the cursed magic ring. I just I want my own magic ring. I like even if it's cursed, even if I can't take it off, if if I could have just like a little, whether it's like a little flame for like a lighter, I think that could be pretty dangerous. But or like a little water gun would be funny for pranks on people. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. Well, you get some. I will. Uh, it's not a spoiler drop, but for all of my longtime fans out there, there's an episode coming up. Uh, probably not too far down the road where Jake and Finn find a magician's like ward or like, I don't know, monastery basically. Cool. And they have to go through some trials and every time they complete a trial, they get a star and an extra magic power. So I feel like if you're I've excited, seen that episode. I've yeah, seen that. Yeah. Yeah. You're, that's, I feel like if you are excited about like 10 magic rings then you'll be excited about 50 extra magic power episode too yes i mean uh, and if you guys haven't out there haven't seen it we will get to it hopefully sooner than later hopefully quickly what are we talking about next week do we know i don't think i know i don't think i've i've skipped ahead and seen what we're talking about next week all right well we'll we'll let y'all know on social media which just you got to follow us you got to follow us on on instagram is probably where we're going to be the most active. And then, you know, you can get on the TikTok and see what I'm cooking up over there. Yeah, use your old man voice when you talk about the TikTok. The TikTok. Oh, you kids and your you freaking musically turned TikTok app. I'm I'm like a really hip old man. I know what happened. Yeah, no, that's, I was like, I, I still say the TikToks and the, TikTok. the Facebooks and everything like that. Well, give us a follow. Please review us on Apple Podcasts and we'll be back next week talking yeah. about another episode of this cool show. You can give us however many stars on this episode that you thought was Russell's old man voice. Was it a five star? Was it a two star? What, what was it? I'm a five star. Give me a five star, please. Uh, give us a five star. We would love Turn it. Turn it in the bush. Turn it in. But yes, I'm again, I'm DJ Nettie P. And I'm Russell Tindall. And thanks for listening, guys. In a world where one friend and another friend and another friend make a podcast, a bunch of people got on Spotify and listened. Never Ending Adventure Cast was hosted by Ned and Russell and engineered by Michael coming this summer.